0: From the New York Times, The Athletic, I'm Kent Garrison. This is About the Cowboys. Today, a rivalry renewed. Two of the National Football League's most storied franchises return for a battle of bragging rights and the right to continue their postseason dreams. Will Mark McCarthy return to his prime? Or will Kyle Shanahan's 49ers squander the Cowboys' plans? It's Wayne Dakota Prescott versus James Richard Garoppolo. I spoke with my colleagues, John Mashoda, Saad Eason, and KT Turner, about the matchups to watch, Greg the Leg, and the color red. Here's that conversation. It's Wednesday,
2: January 12th. Well, 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 it's playoff time, boys and girls. Cowboys 49ers Sunday, 3.30 at AT&T Stadium. Go with your whiteout, the whiteout. Um, I want to start here, John. The 49ers gave the Rams a little bit of trouble with crowd noise the other day. Matt Stafford even commented on how, how well the uh, 49ers fans had traveled. Now, I'd seen some tweets from a couple weeks ago where the 49ers were having trouble filling up their own stadium, but it might just be one of those fan bases. That's just so sprawling. That's a, a problem. Uh, I know McCarthy had made some comments about wanting people not to sell their tickets. Uh, how big of a, of an issue is that? Or do you expect a full rock and uh, Cowboys fans, uh, a house filled with Cowboys fans? And I mean, you fit a hundred thousand people in there, but I, I, we haven't seen this problem. It was, it was interesting that the, that Stafford said that the other day.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's several different uh, layers of everything you just said. One, um, it's a home game for anybody that wants to play the Rams at SoFi and Chargers for that matter too. So um, that's uh, that that mean that mean means very little to me. Um, I tweeted out a, a picture earlier in the week from that 2014 season opener where there was a lot of red in the building. That was
0: bad. I remember that. That's
3: also a game where that's the first time San Francisco ever played at AT AT&T stadium. It was a season opener. There's a lot of planning you can do to kind of get in that building and, you know, get tickets in advance. And then also, uh, coming off of what the Cowboys were in 2015, I can see why fans were selling their tickets. Nobody expected them to be what they were in 2014. So there was like a lot that went into that, um, I certainly don't remember last year when they played the 49ers. I mean, you can sit there and say like, well, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, uh, two bad teams or whatever. Yeah, cool. And also you couldn't go to games. You're a 49ers fan in San Francisco. So why wouldn't you go to that game? And I don't remember there being like this uh, large amount of San Francisco 49ers fans. Um, And then the other part of it, too, is the fact of, like, I'm sure 49 Niners fans are, are pumped about being in the playoffs, but I don't know that they think that they have, like, a Super Bowl team where they're like, we got to get to this playoff game. This is our year. Like, so with all of that said, yeah, are there local fans? Are there people that are going to be – are there going to be 49ers fans here? Yes, of course, and you're probably going to notice them because everyone else is wearing white, and red and white, red is going to stand out. But I don't think it's going to be to where all of a sudden Dak's got to, like – Change up, change up his calls and things like that because it's just 49ers fans are so loud. I don't anticipate that. I will be very surprised if, if that's the case. I expect it to be a very loud, loud Cowboys home crowd. That's the way it's been for playoff game. Like the Seattle game uh, 2018 was like that. I anticipate it to be like that that for this one as well.
0: I don't anticipate it being a, a noise issue more than just like hyping up the 49ers and, and them kind of capturing that energy. Those fans are near the field. They're... They're at the end, near the end zones. I think that that extra energy that they can provide, just knowing that you've got people there supporting you, is um is really important at the, in these playoffs games. And they can kind of play to the energy of their of their crowd. And and I think it's less of a noise issue because I don't think I think the Cowboys are used to that the way they practice and everything, and more of just the fact that they know their fans are there supporting them is going to help them. I think. Go ahead, Todd.
4: No, yeah, I I think the fact that um. That it that it was a pretty Cowboys uh Cowboys intense crowd in 2016. Green Bay is one of the best traveling teams or you know just in general in the NFL and it that was still a really heavy Cowboys crowd in 2016. And I think um I, I think if that's the case I don't see how the 49ers will really if 49ers fan base will really you know take over AT&T Stadium or anything.
2: Injury-wise, are we expecting all systems go for Tony Pollard, John?
4: Yeah,
3: all good with Tony Pollard. Um, that was precautionary, just keeping him out of the Philadelphia yeah. game. So he's good to go. Uh, Randy Gregory didn't look great, only playing 10 snaps against the Eagles. But Mike McCarthy says he's full go, no no issues there. And then they're expecting to get Jaron Ron Kirst back, too. Um, so, yeah, it's, it should be about as healthy as you could hope a team to be. Obviously, you don't have Michael Gallup. Um, I'm trying to think who else Keanu O'Neill is, you know, he's dealing with the arm thing, but he's expected to play as well. So um, I think this is about as, he- as healthy as you could have hoped for. Let's say if we're going back to the first day of training camp, saying the Cowboys are going to host a playoff game, this is about as he- healthy as you could possibly hope for from this team.
2: Yeah. I was kind of thinking the Cowboys are probably in better shape than the 49ers are. I mean, the Trent Williams thing is interesting. Uh, will Trent Williams play at left tackle? Um, I felt like you know, Kyle Shanahan had mentioned that he nearly let him play last week in a must-win game, but it just uh, didn't work out. But Trent Williams is there, and Trent Williams is still is still good, um, and he's uh, you know better than the replacement, the fifth rounder from 2020, Colton McKivitz. and. Colton McKibbin's actually had a decent day against the Rams, except there was one play where it allowed Jimmy Garoppolo to get hit. And then there's an interception, you know, to boil it all down. And I've got a lot of stuff on this game. I know we all have a lot of stuff to talk about this game, but like first and foremost, the one just common thread, and maybe you can say this about a lot of teams, but the Cowboys win when they get turnovers and they lose when they don't get turnovers and the 49ers win, when they don't turn the ball over and they lose when they do turn the ball over bottom line. We can look at the box score on Sunday, and the takeaways and turnovers numbers will kind of give you a pretty good idea of what happened in this game. I would bet a lot of money on that.
3: Yeah, and the Cowboys do a relatively good job at taking care of the football, and the 49ers aren't a team that take it away very much. I mean, uh, I don't think they have anybody with more. I think Jimmy Ward leads the team in interceptions with two, so it's very Cowboys of the last decade on their back end. I mean, just a bunch of guys with one, 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 like it's not like I'd say the biggest threat for them taking the ball away in San Francisco would be that Josh Norman is one of the best at, at, at causing fumbles. He forced seven this year. He's right up there with like the elite in the game at, at forcing fumbles. So you have to certainly be aware when you're around him. Um, but yeah, and, and and really Dak's done a pretty good job recently. You know, he had the two, he's had two fumbles lost in the last four games. He doesn't have any interceptions. So um, yeah, I mean, that is a major key to the game. If you tell me that the Cowboys don't turn it over and they get at least one takeaway, they should be in, in, in great shape. But, um, yeah, like you said, that's, that's, that's a key every week, but I think especially in this game, um, man, it would do a lot for that crowd. If the Cowboys were to take, uh, take the ball away early on. Um, I was thinking about this when I was writing a story that it's going to go up to, this morning about really just the five things that they need to do to, for the Cowboys for, to go right for them to win this game. And, it, and I, I thought about, the, on the takeaway side, just because you brought that up, if I was to list this year like when I thought the stadium was the most electric, that interception that Trayvon Diggs had against Washington is the number one play. The number one moment is when Jimmy Johnson said, how about them Cowboys? Um, after getting his Hall of Fame ring at, at halftime of the Eagles game. But the number one play was that Trayvon Diggs interception. They just, yeah, it's Washington. They blew him out, so no one really thinks much of that game. But that was so huge early on, and it just set that crowd off, and I could see the same thing happening in this game if someone's able to force a turnover early.
4: Yeah, and and I think, I, I think you know, you guys talking about turnovers and how that's, I guess, pretty cliche. But, like, at the same time, the, another thing, how that will happen? I think this game will always will really come down to the trenches and, and on both sides, really. I mean, you talked about KT, you talked about Trent Williams, and you know, regardless of whether he plays or not, the left and right edges for both for both teams is going to be huge. If Tyron and uh, and then also with Lyle, and I think both defensive lines, both defensive fronts, I should say, will have the potential to make a huge difference. And I think the turnovers or lack of turnovers is going to come from the ability of a defense to get after it or the offense to kind of hold strong against it.
3: Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I think, you know, most people nationally will know about, you know, DeMarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory and what Micah Parsons are doing. But that's a good point side, because, you know, unless you follow the 49ers or you're just an, a diehard football fan, do you know a ton about Arik Armstead? You know, you know, Nick Bosa, do you know anything about Arden key? You know, these are guys that can, that could wreck the game, you know, if you don't take care of them up front and let's not act like this Cowboys offensive line has been great this year.
2: Uh, yeah, and Arden Key is good now. Like, he's the high upside guy from LSU, and it just taken him a long time, but he is a very good player now. Um, uh, it's, He's what they wanted, you know, D Ford to be, I would imagine. Um, But he, he's actually playing really well, and Ark Armstead to play inside and outside. I mean, he's nuts. Um, You know, they also, he got hurt when they drafted Javon Kinlaw, and they'd spit some inventory on him, and he unfortunately for them got hurt. But they, they, that's well, one of their key focuses was building up that defensive line, you know. And on the on the flip side, you know, one thing is the, the Cowboys have done a pretty good job of keeping Dak upright, and it hasn't felt as great as maybe some sometimes in the past because Dak has looked uncomfortable sometimes, and he has had some pressure. But I think the Cowboys are like sixth in the league and, and uh sacks given up, um, like so. There's pretty they they're in pretty good shape as far as that goes. My, my concern is actually more on the flip side, and, and we'll, we'll talk about the Cowboys' offense a little bit in a second. I, I do think it is, because we've talked about this on the podcast before, what team has even tried to tell the Cowboys, hey, we're going to run it down your throat and you can't stop it. Maybe the Cardinals a little bit, maybe. For sure, it, this was less about them and more about, what. Well, this was less about the Cowboys' weaknesses and more about what they had to do, the Taysom Hill game a little bit just for a little small section. Denver. You know, and, that's, and Denver, right? Like, this is a team who does not care. They will try to run the ball, and they'll find a lot of guys to run it at you, whether it's Eli Mitchell, uh, if they got to give it to them. I mean, they gave Debo, Debo the ball eight times. He had 15 snaps as a running back last week. They gave him too many times. Like, they are going to do that. They're going to run the ball, and I just – I just worry you get a team that gets there, and I think about that Rams game, and I know it's different, but I think about that Rams game a few years ago, where no matter what the Cowboys did, they couldn't stop the run. Is this a better defensive front? Yeah, I think it is. But I, I just you get to this point in the season, usually you've been tested a few uh at least enough to have a better feel for it. I still don't have a good feel for if the Cowboys run defense is good or not.
3: No, I agree with you on that and The other thing, I'm looking up a stat while I tell you this, but um, the other factor, because that is a really good point that you bring that up. The other thing is that no one's really talking about that is always a possibility with this team, even though we didn't see it against the Rams, but especially down in the red zone, bringing in Trey Lance, like that's something that the Cowboys this week have to be preparing for. Uh, Whether the 49ers end up doing it or not, it's still, it's something that they have to prepare for. Uh, just that package of him. And th- it's crazy because that's what the 49ers do. Like, this isn't the 49ers team of last year that, that, you know, with CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins, you know, dueling against Andy Dalton. This is the 49ers team that's much closer to being like the one two years ago that almost won the Super Bowl, really gave Kansas City all that they could handle. Uh, so I think that, that that is is something that people need to focus on. But I will say I don't I don't get the sense that Cowboys fans are overlooking this team. You know, I mean I I think that yeah, most yeah. people understand that, that you know how good uh, the San Francisco team is. But just because you mentioned the running, I wanted to bring up. So in the last it's eleven games now for San Francisco. If you hold them under 100 yards rushing, and it's really under 90, those are their three losses. They've lost three of their last eleven games, every single one of them. Uh, 83 yards rushing, 71, 39. All their wins, all over 100 yards. Even they had 208 rushing against the Vikings. This team, 175 uh, a couple weeks ago against Houston, 135 and two touchdowns against the Rams. Like, it. I mean, it. I know it sounds simplistic, but if you can, if you can stop their run or at least slow them down, th- that that's a huge key in this game.
4: Yeah, and I think I think they showed that uh, a couple of seasons ago when they made it to the Super Bowl, like. What what was that second game against Green Bay where Jimmy G threw like I think eight passes total yep. in a playoff game? I mean was th- that was ridiculous. Game, yeah. yeah, it was the championship game, and so um, and I think the game before that he threw like twenty. Uh, but but he that entire run was based on the running attack, and I think back then they had Raheem Mostert and all that kind of stuff. But um, but yeah, I mean I think it, as long as you can hold them um, and, and force Jimmy Garoppolo and that's the thing It's like even if you do force Jimmy Garoppolo you don't know which version of Jimmy you're going to get um, but you have a better chance as long as he's throwing the ball
3: just because you mentioned that game I got it right here so I just want to bring up he was 6 of 8 passing for 77 yards in the entire game Jimmy Garoppolo uh, but Mostert ran 29 times for 220 yards and 4 touchdowns and the San Francisco 49ers won 37 to 20 so yeah
2: a little better rushing attack, I would say, than what they have. And no offense to Eli Mitchell. Oh, absolutely. Mitchell. I mean, you yeah. have you know, the healthy mostert. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a little different, but but still, it's a, it's the same thing. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is a capable passer. Um, I know because he got paid what he was paid and didn't perform up to that level. It should not be forgotten. And I know we're just talking about the running game, but he did take them to a Super Bowl. And that needs to be remembered. I still kind of have him in that boat of that, you know, that, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins area and that Derek Carr area and all that stuff. Maybe a little maybe a little lower than those guys, but those guys get paid a lot too, you know? So it's just what it is when you're talking about a quarterback. But like, I got no problem with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Gar- Garoppolo can game manage his way on, on a run? Absolutely he can. You know how I know that? Because they went seven and two in their last nine games. After a slow start when they could have taken him out multiple times. And they did due to injury every once in a while. His injury history, I think, is a big question. Yes. Is he going to miss a throw here and there? He absolutely will. Uh, We've definitely seen it on the world's biggest stage. Is he going to stare you dead in the eye and throw it to you a time or two? Maybe. And if he does, you better catch it. Uh, Because you're going to get those chances every once in a while. But... I think what you have with Garoppolo right now is you do kind of have game manager guy, and that does all. It's all relying on: are we looking at third and eights? Are we looking at third and threes and things like that? Because I do know that it's an advantage for the Cowboys clearly if Micah Parsons and Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence and everyone can pin their t- tails back. But it's really hard to predict what in the world San Francisco is going to do. It a lot of times because they do such a good job of keeping everything very manageable and convertible. And that's that's something that I think is like very important and helpful for Jimmy Garoppolo. If he's trying to throw it, then you got a Jared Goff situation all well, the time.
3: Because you mentioned that, I just have to bring this up. Yeah, because Tom Brady won the Super Bowl last year. I feel like people forget a little bit, so let's just remind them here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> NFC quarterbacks, uh, the three years before Tom Brady, uh, representing in the Super Bowl, were Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, and Nick Foles. It's not like... You know, we look at it right now and you're just like, you look at this NFC and you're just like, well, yeah, you got Tom Brady, you got Aaron Rodgers, you got, you know, Stafford and Kyler Murray and Dak and all these guys. But like it, the NFC has had guys get that get their teams in the Super Bowl that aren't exactly putting them on their back. And, and so, so basically what I'm saying is, yeah, they're the sixth seed, but like you shouldn't completely dismiss the idea of this 49ers team getting on a, on a run, going to the NFC championship game, possibly going to the Super Bowl. Like I, I wouldn't put my own money on it, but like, if you look at what's happened in the NFC over the last four or five years, it's, it's not completely out of the question.
2: And that's kind of been my, um, uh, I guess, uh, why I didn't like, why I kind of think I wanted the Rams and the Cardinals of the 49ers is the fact that to me, they're already on a run and like, maybe he's are going to right run in the playoffs. Sure. And the Cowboys three-point favorites and all those things. And I do think it's going to be close. I really do. I was thinking about, like, what would you guys say? Would you say the Cowboys' signature win this year, probably the win in New England when you yeah. look at their schedule? No, yeah, no, but no for question. sure. Now, these are always difficult conversations because uh, you can only play who's on your schedule, right? And I was looking at, you know, the 49ers' resume. Uh, we'll give the Cowboys, like, a, oh, a two-point loss to Tampa Bay, you know, and that night. Okay. If there was such thing as a good loss, sure. Now, the 49ers have a couple of, like, close good losses. The Green Bay loss where Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, with 45 seconds left, took him down the field because they let Devontae Adams run over the middle. The one seed in the AFC, Tennessee, San Francisco only lost to them by three a couple weeks ago. That um, was a really close game, and low-scoring game, 20-17. to um, Two big wins over the Rams. One where they wiped them out by 21 points. Um, you look at how they played. You know Arizona. They lost Arizona twice. So you know it, it's not that different. Like you kind of look at them. They beat Cincinnati. I think we all argue is a pretty good team. But like they've got they've got some more impressive games on their ledger just by virtue of who they played on their schedule than maybe what the Cowboys have. Um, and I don't, I'm not saying that. It's just like if there was people on the timeline or there were Cowboy fans out there. Who are like, "Oh yeah, not a chance." 49ers, look, we dodged a bullet. Man, I don't know if you dodged a bullet. I, I truly don't. I truly don't feel that way personally that you no, dodged I a think, bullet by avoiding the Rams and the Cardinals.
4: Yeah, I think you dodged a bullet for round two, but not for round one. Uh, with with the way the seating fell, I th- I, I think you. I, I think it sets them up b- better for round two if they get there, but uh, for round one, it's. I, I think. Michael Irvin said this on, on the Rich Eisen podcast, too. It's it's the worst matchup. Um, th- this is the worst matchup for the Cowboys in the first round they could have had.
3: Yeah, I think the best one would have been the Cardinals, uh, just because I, I loved the opportunity, or I would love the opportunity if I was them, to play a team twice in three weeks in your own building, and especially coming off a loss. Um, and then, I don't know, like I think the Rams are right there with with San Francisco where you just really wouldn't, there's just a lot of things about both those teams. And so if you got to sit there and pick one or the other, I think it's close in terms of matchups, but then you also get the fact of like, well, you don't have to go to Lambeau in, in week two. So yeah, or, or in the second round, the divisional round of the playoffs. So I don't know, man, I think you kind of take that. And then here's the other part is it's like, I also would take like what happened for them right now the way this unfolded where it's like, yeah, okay. So it's a San Francisco team that, you know, you're not going to run over them, but you also get them at home. And and I know that people will think this is ridiculous, but if you follow what the Packers have done at home, like it's not that absurd to think like maybe the Cardinals not, but I could see the Rams beating the Cardinals and then going to the Lambo and and beating Green Bay there. I really I really could. I mean, yeah. And then all of a sudden then you sit there if you're able to beat uh Tampa Bay in Tampa, which I mean, yeah, they're the defending Super Bowl champs, but they have their warts, too. Next thing you know, you're hosting an NFC Championship game. Like, I'm not saying this stuff's going to happen, but when you unfold sure. these scenarios, that sounds a lot better than, yeah, beat the Cardinals, and you go, you got to go to Green Bay in Week 2, or the second, yeah, one, no, the second there, round of the playoffs.
2: No, you're right. There, there's not an untouchable team in this league, clearly. It's wide open this year, maybe more wide open than it's been in a long time. And I think I would probably be telling you that Tampa Bay's got the best chance to go win the thing before the Godwin injury, I think that kind of changed the way I felt about things a little bit. And then Antonio Brown happens. then I'm kind of like, okay, that does open the door a little bit more. But there's not a single team in the league. And the thing that I think that makes Green Bay just more dangerous is just the fact that no one wants to go play a five-degree game. I mean, the advanced forecast already for next week is already, they're like, yeah, we're looking. At if they play on Saturday, it's going to be in the low teens. If they play on Sunday, it's going to be four or five degrees. No one wants to mess with that. No one wants to go play the Bills. In Buffalo, I don't think, even though they look very beatable, just because it's three degrees and it sucks when it's that cold, quite frankly. Um, do you, you want to do a fun little exercise? I wrote this down here. I thought it might be a little fun exercise just to kind of tell the tape type thing here. Uh, position by position, Cowboys 49ers or push. Uh, start with quarterback. We all good with Cowboys? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Running backs. Oh, I still go with the Cowboys.
4: Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the I will I'll go with the Cowboys, but I will say with the caveat that w- with 49ers, if you're saying running game and it's like you know you put in Debo yes. and and all running that game. kind of stuff.
3: Oh well, see that's different.
4: You have to say it yeah. that way.
3: It's not the same thing because then that factors well, in your offensive line and everything. If it's running game, it's San Francisco. Yeah, believe me, I I thought about writing, uh, like breaking down the entire roster. And and, and as soon as I got to that, I was like, no, then I got to change it and get into all of this. It's not as simple as that, man. And it's not that simple with any matchup across the board. I don't care who you're talking about. I know it's fun for like, um, you know, to write articles and stuff like that. But like, it's not. So if it's run game, it's it's the 49ers. If it's running backs, give me give me give me uh, the Cowboys running backs. Yeah. Okay. You, well, Harry. Well, I'll ask you this uh, real
2: simple. Well, well no, we'll no, no. We'll
3: go one for one on this. What do you think Tony Pollard does if he's the lead dog running back all season long for, at, at, on San Francisco's team? He's putting up better numbers than Mitchell. I'm telling you that right now. Uh,
2: yeah, maybe.
3: Sure. You think he's something special,
2: Mitchell? Yeah. No, no. I think of course because yeah. this is just this yeah. is
3: this is Shanahan ball right here.
2: And yeah, when I say that, ball. it goes
3: all the way back to. Mike Anderson's Holandis Gary's this is Denver Every rotating who you want I, I, I missed maybe I missed it I, I didn't see yet did the Pro Bowl come out I missed where Raheem Mostert is on it, is it did he make one of those like it's not really the guy it's about the well, system his
2: leg fell off but yeah
3: I'm talking even when they were when they were rolling like did you were you were oh, like yeah. let's give this guy the big contract he's the difference maker no you weren't you know so that, this is a Shanahan way of playing ball so if you're talking about individual running backs it's the Cowboys running game it's San Francisco
2: let me piss off the Hernandez brothers real quick. I, I take Eli Mitchell over Zeke. There we go. Just got that. I just wanted to get the Hernandez brothers mad real quick. Um, running game. Twitter timeline, guys. They think I kill Zeke every podcast. Yeah, I feel I, like. I'm not yeah. familiar
3: with their work, but thank you for explaining it. Yeah, I <laughs> know.
2: You'll, you'll all, yeah. Uh, I should start retweeting them. I don't know why I'm putting a spotlight on them. Uh, they come at me every week. Uh, okay, well, fine. Uh it's not as simple as that because I had a way to get to 11 and we could keep a score on this thing. So we'll say running game then, 49ers.
3: You're not going to get to 11 then because that in, that, in, that incorporates. I know, it changed
2: everything. I mean, Just it's go position it's so by difficult. position.
3: It's more fun that way.
2: Well, running back, I put collectively, I did put the 49ers.
3: Okay, so that's fair.
2: Because I'm adding Debo into that mix too. Okay, go. Next one. Uh, maybe the Cowboys could add C.D. Lamb to that mix a time or two. It shouldn't take punts to get CD Lamb involved in the game. Uh, yeah. Wide receivers. Cowboys.
3: Uh, Debo Samuel is the best wide receiver, but uh, the Cowboys is a group.
2: You know, people are sleeping on Brandon Ayuk. And I know he's doesn't have the track record. Brandon Ayuk, over the last uh, 10 games, five of those games, he's had more than 85 yards. and He was their leading receiver the last two weeks. Yeah, you can
3: take his name out and you could say the same thing about the Cowboys if you told me Cedric Wilson was uh, starting last five weeks. Would not surprise me if he did the same stuff.
2: For me, it goes to the tiebreaker of Juwan Jennings versus Cedric Wilson, and I'll take Cedric Wilson. For sure. you can kind of push it down if you want to play a little deeper down the line. So I am saying Cowboys on that. Tight end? Duh.
3: Ah, 49ers. Duh.
2: Duh. Yes, 49ers. Offensive line. 49ers talk to me it, it 49ers if, what if I'm Trey telling Williams- you I'm
3: telling you right now the offensive line is my number one thing when I talk about why I don't like the Rams matchup everybody immediately jumps to Stafford Dak types stuff. nothing it has nothing to do with that's not even me I unfortunately sat there and watched that Chiefs game and watched what Chris Jones did I, I, I understand that the Cowboys have a Hall of Famer at right guard that doesn't mean that there there isn't problems on the interior of that offensive line that are, and, yeah. and, and what I saw from Tyron Smith recently, like, I don't know that we're looking at yeah. this is Tyron Smith, Pro Bowl Tyron Smith. I know he made the Pro Bowl, but no 49ers with the way they're playing right now, 49ers offensive line.
2: So do you yeah. agree?
3: Yeah, for sure.
2: I put 49ers, but I also put talk to me later about Trent Williams. Yeah. I do think that changes things. If Trent Williams doesn't play.
3: If he does, if he doesn't play.
2: If but he does if not he play,
3: plays and just is like play. a 50% or 60%, I still think that's good enough. I mean, theres I haven't watched them closely, but there's a lot of people saying that this was arguably his best season, oh, which is he was which in, is wild for his
2: age. He was outstanding. Yeah. And I think they signed him like, well, he's, he's, he's close to 40, right? I mean, he's old. I think he's 70. I think he's 73. In
0: Washington. <laughs> he's Remember what happened with him in Washington?
3: The whole trainer stuff? Yeah. Well, you could say that about a lot of players. Oh, you think Washington might have messed this up? Oh, my God.
0: I remember when that was, uh, you know, nobody really knew what was going on there, and he was kind of holding out that season, and then everyone found out what was what was going on, and they're like, oh, my God, how could, how could that happen? It's unbelievable. But, yeah, he got the hell out of there, rightfully so.
1: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it tweezers a screwdriver and even a corkscrew with the victorinox swiss army knife you can be prepared to master everyday life you can find victorinox swiss army knives at dick's sporting goods defensive tackles
2: defensive tackles or should i make that run defense
3: Hmm. no i like defensive should tackles I make... let's stick with the positions it just makes this e- this whole process easier
2: that's the whole idea is to make it easy Mm. There is context and nuance that we can discuss, though.
4: I think I think with the way Armstead has played, I would go 49ers.
2: Yeah, I agree. Same That's what here. I put. That's what I put as well. It's close. I mean, I think if Armstead, you know, find a way to contain, I think it's Van, clearly the Cowboys, though, right? Or Edge, yeah, Edge, yeah. There. And when, yeah, I it that, might, when I say that,
3: when uh, I say that, am I putting is am I including Micah Parsons? Yes. Yeah, oh. I think
2: we could I think we could play oh, him later. Well, and you,
3: right? you, you just decided what linebacker is for me without a well, without a doubt, but go on.
2: I, I honestly think even with Parsons at linebacker, I honestly think I would give it to to the 49ers.
4: Okay.
2: With Fred Warner and with Dre Greenwall.
4: Yeah, but um, on, on on defensive on defensive line, whether you look at tackles or or defensive ends, it, it's it's interesting because looking back, like the 49ers basically are the way the Cowboys were in that Jason Garrett era with offensive linemen where it's like they're just picking offensive linemen at the top every time and you when you go back Armstead first round pick in twenty fifteen, DeForest Buckner in twenty sixteen, Solomon Thomas in twenty seventeen, and then they had they picked a offensive tackle in twenty eighteen, then Nick Bosa in twenty nineteen, Kinlaw in twenty twenty. Like this team prioritizes defensive front, defensive line a ton. And so there it's it's not an accident on how good they are up
2: there.
0: Except for trading uh Yeah,
2: and, and honestly, I for I'm trading
0: DeForest no. Buckner away, but
2: yeah. 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 Go ahead. And and they did that though for for basically to get the draft pick. Yeah. Right? I mean they they replaced him with Javon Kinlaw just he got hurt. Um I I think John I'm glad John mentioned Arden Key earlier because that's that's important. I mean, Arden Key's a guy who's really come on for them. Um he had six and a half sacks this year, but that's a guy who they're kind of viewing as, uh, I guess, the Robin to Bosa's Batman. And Ar- Armstead is just kind of Alfred in the kitchen anyways, right? Holding it down. You know, he's got all the tools. See I have my Batman references there, guys? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not even a Batman fan, really. It's like whatever to me. Uh, cornerback, it is the Cowboys. And I don't think it's close. Uh, that That's the that's the weak point of this 49ers team. Would you all agree uh, that the it's their secondary?
3: Yeah, but like like Saad said, I mean, you can't, you're not going to be able to get everything. So if you're going to prioritize your defensive line, you can go a little bit cheaper on the back end because, you know, you're, you're I mean, heck, I got it right here Hold on. They got, what did they have this year? 48 sacks. I mean, they're amongst the league leaders. I mean, clearly they're yeah. getting to the quarterback. Now they don't get a lot of interceptions, but they do put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. So it's probably not a lot of great throws, clean pockets, things like that. So when you have those situations, you don't necessarily need uh, a great defensive backfield, but I mean, obviously anybody could use a a ball hawk that can get 11 picks uh, like the Cowboys have in Trayvon Diggs, but it is pretty wild to see like one guy has more picks than an entire team, uh, especially a team that's in the playoffs.
2: No, no, I think it's interesting because like the, the 49ers defensively are a top 10 team against the run, against the pass. Uh, and but top ten we're talking about yards. There's a lot of ways you could talk about that. Right.
3: right yeah, because QB uh, rating uh, but, but or but passer rating, they certainly aren't.
2: They're certainly not, right? And that's where it kind of gets it gets a little different. The, the, again, the big difference in these teams, the Cowboys were a plus fourteen in turnovers. Yeah. I mean, in takeaways. And and the 49ers were a minus four. I think you made the the probably the best point of this entire podcast, John, is that you say what you want about the Cowboys to get taken the ball away. The 49ers don't do that. They do not uh, get a lot of turnovers, and that.
3: And they also turn the ball over. They're twenty-four turnovers this year. San Francisco. Let me make sure I got this right. Twenty-four. Hold on. Yes, that's the most of any NFC team that's in the playoffs right now. Mm, 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 so you can good. get the ball from them as well. So.
2: Yeah, you know, and, and for as well as they've been on a seven and uh, seven and two run to close out the year, you know, in his last six games. Garoppolo had three games with two or more interceptions. Yeah. So, let's flip a coin on what Jimmy G you're going to get, I guess. Um, uh, so, yeah, cornerback and safety, we're going to say advantage. Cowboys, y'all okay with that? Yes. Yep.
3: Let's go to kicker. Co- Sorry.
2: Go on. Oh, yeah, kicker, 49ers. da Oh,
4: yeah, Robbie Gould. Babe. I, I can't, like, he's still in the NFL. It's, that's amazing.
2: Punter's man.
3: interesting now. is interesting for this game. I think their punter got a concussion that last game.
2: Yeah, and then he Robbie be, Gould went out there and rocked two forty-five 45-yarders.
3: Yeah, he might have to be – I don't know where that status is at yet going in as we record this Wednesday morning. Um, but
2: I
4: think the Cowboys still have the edge regardless of – Yeah, you for sure. I, yeah.
2: Anger's been great. Yeah. Um, yeah, Anger's been awesome. So I'm going to do oh, – oh, head coaching. <laughs> I'm kidding. When I, when I do that, when I just do that, we're talking about an OC who blew a 28-3 lead in a Super Bowl. Oh, 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 wait, I'm talking about a DC that had a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, never mind. I'll say and I'll keep McCarthy at it. I was just kidding. I didn't want anyone freaking out, all right?
3: I mean, Shanahan's uh, record is impressive, and if we're going to live in a last five years world, then I give it to Shanahan. But if you're going full body of work— I mean, his resume isn't close to Mike McCarthy's. He's, he, I mean, now, do I think it will be eventually? Yeah, I do think Kyle Shannon's one of the best young coaches in the league. But as of right now, it's all about how you want to dice it up. If you want to go off, what, the last three or four years, it's Kyle Shanahan. If you want to go over their resume as ag coach, it's Mike Mike McCarthy.
2: Well, of the 12 things that we just compared, tell the tape-wise, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, O-line, DT, DEN, linebacker, quarterback, safety kicker, punter, it's 6-6. Six to six. yeah. <laughs> And that three-point
3: three line on this game is the closest of any of these wild card games. So, I mean, it's probably going to be the best game out of all of them, we would think.
2: Over-under was 51. Uh, let's see, points uh, per game this year. Cowboys 31, first in the league. Uh, 49ers 25, 13th in the league. So, add up to about 56 there. Yeah, over-under about right. Uh, both teams at 21 points allowed per game, you know, right around the same. I, I it, it's it's like you can just break the thing down a million times talk about all the players which we've kind of done I I know we're I know that I am a little more fearful than I than I think probably at least the cowboy fans that I'm close to are uh I'm I know it's it's time to actually put a pick on this thing I'll fi- find out how you guys feel but I'm I I just I don't like it I don't I haven't I haven't liked it I wouldn't surprise me if the Cowboys won this game but I just don't like it I don't like it I don't I feel like I feel like there's two like the Cardinals don't have even though they ran it up on you a little bit the Cardinals don't have this thing where you feel feel like they're gonna go like hey man we're gonna whip your butt in the trenches you know that type of thing that's not how they play and Connor had a good game with 49ers like they are doing that. They're going to try to do that to you. And you can either deal with it or not. I don't know. I just don't
3: I'll tell you an interesting thing too will be this the way the running game works for both these teams, because the way San Francisco runs the ball is like a variety of ways, you know. This isn't just going to be downhill between the tackles, like like we just talked about Debo Samuel getting touches, like you could bring in Trey Lance. They just do things in a variety of ways. They attack all over the field with their running game. I feel they, like anybody listening to this would be like yeah, we'd love to see that from the Cowboys. And so there's a part of me that's like, does Kellen Moore try and bring out some of the others? St- you know, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you one example. Like, you go back to week four, and this is just a one simple stupid play, who cares? But you go back to week four, that Carolina game, remember when they ran out the clock on that, like, Zeke pitch to Tony Pollard? Yeah. Yeah, that looked like that worked really well. How come that's never even been shown again? You know, CeeDee Lamb in the backfield, how, how come we've never seen, like, any more of that since, like, I really feel like to get the running game going for the Cowboys, they have to kind of take a page from the 49ers and do more variety. If you tell me they're going in this game with that Cardinals game plan of we're just going to run it between the tackles, if the Cardinals, I mean, if the 49ers don't turn the ball over, it could be a long day. They have to find some way to run the ball, and it's got to be more than just, no, 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 no. watch out, watch out. We're going to bring in Connor McGovern as the fullback. Like, it's got to be more than that.
2: That's why I'm a little more hesitant because – I, I know I'm making it sound like, oh, I'm terrified of the 49ers. I'm, I'm not terrified of the 49ers. I do think they're on a roll and, and they're uh, relatively healthy. You know, um, I, don't know I, think, I think that's part of it. But it's my lack of confidence in the Cowboys' offense, despite the fact that they put 50 burgers up in two of the last three games. Yeah, Those because JV if we teams. had, if we had JV a, teams.
3: If we had a 49ers fan on here, though, right now, they would be talking about like, yeah, I don't know. I look at the numbers and it's just like, there's so many weapons on that Cowboys offense is up. So it has something to do with also being closer to watching this particular team that makes us I feel feel this way. I, I find it hard to believe that there are just so many 49ers fans that are like, I'm not even worried about going to that game. We're getting our tickets for the yeah. divisional round. Like there's a lot of things the Cowboys do that can put pressure on you, and, and, and that's the reason the Cowboys are a three-point favorite. Like, I understand they haven't played well, but all you got to tell me is they're going to get a takeaway or two, and I am and, and I like the Cowboys' chances.
2: What about penalties? Does that bother you? No. Penalties will get you in these games.
3: If you told me it was a crew that was known for calling a high rate of penalties, which it doesn't appear this one is this week, uh, I'd have a little bit more concern. Um, but, uh you know, and since you mentioned that, I gotta just, just got to bring this up. If, if, if this whole thing falls short of where it should go with how healthy they are and how talented this team is, something that's going to just really stand out to me about this season was just how much they blamed, like, officiating and penalties and stuff like that all, from, Marca- right. from McCarthy all the way down. Like, that just has not been a good look. And, and, and if the season ends on a game where we get more of that, that's embarrassing.
2: Cowboys seven and a half penalties per game, 49 ers six through the year. You know, those things all happen. We'll find out how the game goes. I my, my lack of confidence in the Cowboys' ability to run the ball is really, really what's holding me back here. Because large sample size you got, KT. Large, large sample, sample size. And it's not even that, dude. It's like, okay, well, this is not working, so let's adjust and let's give the other guy more carries. And I know that's going to piss off the Zeke fans around here. But at some point, you need to try things, and we're out, we're now now we're not doing these regular season podcasts anymore, right? Okay. You know what if I told now? you let's, like we have to try? And look, let's do a hypothetical.
3: Go, let's do a hypothetical. Yeah. Let's say you don't you don't get to know anything about the game. You can't watch it at all. But I tell you that Zeke carries thirteen times. Okay. Pollard Pollard fifteen times. Dak eight. Well, if Dak's, hey, if, CD if Lamb 2, CD, CD Lam how do you feel about this?
2: Well, they're not getting Okay, Dak running eight times, I actually don't like it that much because they're not going to do design runs with Dak. Maybe you'll get one of those. They're not doing that anymore, clearly. That means Dak was running for his life all game long, which, you know, maybe that is Why not, not the that? worst thing, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I Okay, yeah, Okay. 13, what were the numbers again? One more time?
3: (laughs) I should have wrote them down, damn it. Uh, I think it was (laughs) 13-15. Yeah, 13-15. Zeke 13, Pollard 15. Yeah.
2: CD 2, Dak 8. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it needs to be like 10 and 18, but... (laughs) I really can't see Dak.
3: I can't see Dak running eight times because I just think there's going to be too many open windows. Like, even if he has to get out of the pocket, I just think he's going to be supremely confident that he can throw on this defensive backfield. If he gets... I'm talking like... Like you said, I agree with you. No, There aren't going to be a ton of design runs. So I'm saying like pocket collapses, he gets out to extend a play. I don't see him looking to run against this team. I think he's going to look to throw down the field. So eight's probably too high for Dak. But I just, because it's the playoffs, you know, you got that. Dak's been talking all year long about, you know, late in the year, playoffs, stuff like that, win or go home. If I got to run, I'm going to run a lot more than I would norm. you know, in a, like a week 12 game. And so that's what I'm just saying. Like you might, you never know, you know.
4: Let's say Kyler
3: Murray wasn't running it the way he was against the Cowboys before that game. And then all of a sudden they needed him to run, particularly on that last drive. And you're just like, oh, yeah, that's the best version of Kyler Murray when he can run it every once in a while, too.
4: Yeah. And also, KT, to to your point about, you know, the confidence that you have in the offense and stuff. I I think John mentioned this on last week's podcast where, you know, you have to think that Kellen Moore has a little bit more in the bag. Like, I, I, I don't think that he is. Exposed his entire arsenal just in the regular season. I know we've seen some interesting things here and there, but I do think that there has to be more in the passing game, but also in the running game, where whether it's CD or whatever the case may be, where you you just have more options, more designs, um, and and then you go and then you have people just tweeting about how great Kellen Moore is. I, I think there's some more there that uh, that's like untapped right now
3: yeah that's a good point if it looks like it's looked over the last few weeks well I shouldn't say last few weeks against their games against the last few good teams that they've played uh, that'll be very disheartening because I think everyone's kind of sitting there like this can't be all they got particularly in the run game there's got to be a little something else there and if it looks like it did against the Cardinals man that's going to be that's going to be really disappointing
2: well yeah another thing I I feel like the combination of some good version of Zeke, which we've seen uh, this year, the combination of that with as healthy of a Pollard as you can get, we saw how that would wear down defenses too, with a body blow, body blow and then change the pace a little bit and then back to the other guy and then back to the other guy. You know, the, the problems that we get to a point to at some point during the year, uh, and I'm not sure what the official numbers are now, but, like, the yards after contact for Tony Pollard was was a little better. But, look, Zeke's who they trust, and Pollard hasn't – it's not good to have him out there on third and eight uh, if you're not going to use him as a receiving weapon. So, you know, that's not going to happen. I understand all that stuff. I just think if we're having trouble running the ball, and it's we, – we never went to the well of seeing if giving the other guy more carries was a good idea or not then that's, that's on you, and you're going to be the ones who have to own that. I mean, the the raw data is is what it is. Zeke got 107 more carries than Tony Pollard did. I'm not asking for Tony Pollard to have 300 carries. Tony Pollard got 130 carries. That's all he got. And he's got a bad foot now and all that stuff. What if we get Zeke down to 175, and we got Tony Pollard up to 175, 180? Now I feel like you're getting your, a better version of both guys even. Uh that's the way I look at it. I also don't like that Zeke played last week. We've seen well, this is something we talked about last year. Oh, Zeke, I don't
3: even know if I don't know if playing is is even just what bothers you uh, as much as how much and how many carries he got in that game that are disheartening.
2: Well, and it it'd be different if like we're just having fun or whatever. It's a meaningless game. Yeah, give him all. Dude, we've seen visibly to the naked eye Zeke be better. When he's coming off a bye week, or he's coming off a long week, you know, uh, yep. you know, a Thursday and a week off, and then playing on a Sunday, we've seen that, and the fact that they haven't seen that is a little, a little disturbing. I hope has, one more
3: disturbing thing: how about, I, I hope like, Zeke how has two
2: hundred yards, but you know, I just,
3: how about like early Tony Pollard busts off like a twenty-five yard run for a series? Everyone's thinking the everyone's thinking the running game's fixed, and then a second later. Holding, 52, 10-yard penalty coming back.
2: Oh, God.
3: Let's not act like we haven't seen that happen.
2: <laughs> you know what, though? No, that beats the alternative. <laughs> the, that beats the alternative of, well, we got to take Connor Williams out. I mean, yeah. granted granted, the jumbo package hasn't been near as effective as it was early in the season, too. You know, I may have thought the league's kind of caught on to that a little bit. Oh, what, you know, what do you think is going to happen when we put the jumbo package in the game? Yeah. Oh, we're gonna spread it out, you know. Like, no, you know, like, I, I, I. Surely, though, there's a deciding line early on in this game where they see what's working, what's not working, and like, hey, we gotta, we gotta go against what we've been doing all year here. And by doing all yeah. year, and it, it, again, this is not just about Zeke and Tony either. It's it's John somewhere the interior offensive line. It's it, it's all of it
4: yeah and and I do think but when it comes to Zeke and Tony Pollard, I, you know I was, I was just you know doing some I, I I was watching some old games and stuff, and I, I think the the one the kind of comparison, and, and we like to do that a lot with different um, teams, and we've done that with you know, whether you look at the Cowboys with Beck and Julius Jones Marion Barber or whatever, I think the I think the way the split that I would like to see is the D'Angelo Williams Jonathan Stewart in Carolina. Um, in in their kind of heyday, and and when you look at the way that those running backs kind of split up the load, that's how D'Angelo Williams was was the uh, was the dash, and and uh, Jonathan Stewart was the smash, and I think Zeke is the smash, and Tony Pollard is the dash, and and I think when you do that, your your dash gets a little bit more um, a little bit more opportunity, a little bit more carries, and then your your smash guy comes in and can still make a difference, and I think that's kind of the way that. The Cowboys should kind of roll with it, and and I think hopefully the contracts and things like that don't get in the way of that.
2: Yeah, and and you know the, the contracts might get in the way of that. Um, but I, I don't think they won a playoff game. No, not a playoff game. Yeah, that's that's the thing that was like, what happens in that? Defi- I don't know, man. I I say that, dude. I don't know what, why. I mean, there's been meaningful games they've played this year, and we haven't seen that.
3: <laughs> I, I think that's because they think that for what they do, they like Zeke better. I mean, is it isn't that mean, the same mean, I mean, I mean, hold on, hold on. About? We think that we think this is a contracts thing uh, that they're factoring in numbers on the sideline when like they're not moving well, on from Greg Zerline. How, how stubborn have they been with the offensive line with the switches there? This is clearly just what the coaching staff believes. This isn't about contracts and about like this guy. Jerry told me to play this guy like that stuff is just ridiculous to me. This is really who the coaching staff thinks are the best players. They really think getting Ezekiel Elliott more carries than Tony Pollard is the right thing to do. We can sit here and, and disagree and say this is ridiculous, but that's what they think. I'm telling you.
2: Yeah, I know. You're probably right I there, think they yeah. think that Zeke just,
0: I don't know, might offer them more in terms of looks for the defense and
3: yeah, no, it's, it's it's everything. It's a pass protection. It's yes, him knowing it's the playbook. More. Yes, It's him as, as, bringing the identity because yes. he's been there for so long. There's a lot more things. I'm just saying I get annoyed by the contract stuff because, you know, we heard that for so long about, like, that's the only reason Jalen Smith's playing and all that. And I didn't even really believe that then. I was just like, yeah, it's because they don't have any good other good linebackers. So they're just stuck with this. And even, hey, as much as I th- think Jalen needed to go, here we are now. Jalen hasn't been here in a while. They still don't have any good linebackers. That's why he was playing. It wasn't like he was progress stopping anybody. They don't have any good linebackers.
2: Yeah, that Van Der Esch pick didn't, didn't look great. Hopefully he has a good game on Sunday, though.
3: Trading up for Derwin James would have been nice. What? Oh, boy.
2: Oh, boy. Uh, but, yeah, what's Derwin James doing right now? Nothing. Sitting at home yeah. because they wouldn't tie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's do our picks. <laughs> Hey, how much fun did you have watching that game after we did that podcast? Though, so?
0: well, I mean, <laughs> what's the fallout, KT? How justified do you feel that <laughs> that they were like? I don't no, feel we're justified at all. Going for the tie at the end, yeah, gotta- justified. Yeah. The, the justification that were, is the-, the fact that they were talking about kneeling it at the end. I thought that was
3: funny. Yeah, the fact they were talking about kneeling it at the end. You were talking about ju- you justified <laughs> for fifty kneel downs. You know what fifty kneel downs get you? Not probably the best NFL game of the year. Yes, that sounds like you were justified. Yes, I just like that was awesome.
2: I just like that everything that happened covered up. uh, Analytics man going for it on fourth and one from his own nineteen with ten minutes left in the third quarter, and then deciding, hey, we'll just run it up the middle. I was like, whoa, because that's the uh, league I want. I want guys never punting. I want to just go for it all the time.
3: (laughs) I understand it's a storyline that's talked about, but it isn't off of that game. But it's not storyline one, two, or maybe even three. But ridiculous how many fourth down just dime balls justin herbert was throwing ridiculous
2: oh man it goes under the sideline and herbert you can read his mouth go i've never wanted a tie so bad in my life
3: yeah and when they didn't have the ball you think you think if they had the ball there he would have been like guys we should just kneel it down right now after he's just throwing fourth fourth down dime ball fourth down dime ball yeah, this might be one of the best performances ever. Can we just tie now? It, yeah, of course. See, and they didn't have the ball he wanted
2: to tie. Do you see my point, though? On um, No. <laughs> on, no, the idea of like, <laughs> hey, you could have had a free week off. Instead, you exhausted yourselves. Good luck in the playoffs.
3: Yeah, because I, I, I really feel like everybody watching that game really thought the Raiders and Chargers are going to just march right to the Super Bowl.
2: They are, dude. Raiders are going on a run,
3: bro. You, baby. <laughs> He's going to get this there- job.
2: Why was Derek Carr talking real country after that game? What was that about? Did y'all see that?
3: No, he's, yeah, he's but a I tough think, one to figure out though.
2: He, a weird guy. He's like a emo guy. Yeah, but I don't think
4: that was. I I don't think that was some Brian Kelly stuff. I just think that <laughs> I just think that's kind of what that's, that's just kind of Derek Carr. Well,
2: Michelle, we tried our hardest and we <laughs> it was a good fight tonight. Let me go feed my bird dog. Blessed. What in the, the world, world is to be happening? down here, battery. Like <laughs> yeah, me and my just, family. My family, it's going to be home with the Tigers. I've heard a lot about your gumbo. Um, he's got plenty at is LSU it, too. They could have
0: yeah. just waited. Wait, what? a Week and and hired Joe Brady back. And, Wait, hold on, let's run this back. What?
2: I think Brian Kelly's going to have a bad run at LSU. Mm,
3: I think LSU is bad run proof. Oh, I don't think that it's it's possible. They get too our, good of players. Our look, at their, look at us their look at their previous.
2: Beg to differ.
3: I'm okay, cool. Uh, yeah, that's because they uh, well, won a things. title like two years ago. I don't think it's yeah. With, to differ, I'm just saying with not good coaching, they've won multiple national titles with not good coaches. I think with an actual good coach, they're, they're. I'm just. I think that there's just too much talent down there that they can that they can be bad at this
0: point. And they always have good, good, great players, Hall of Fame NFL players, yeah. and. It, like, they don't have the like, sustained success. Why weren't they success. better that year? It's funny. Right, and,
3: and, and I understand that people, LSU fans, get annoyed because they don't have the sustained success year after year that Alabama has, but few have. I mean, that just, it's hard to do, oh, yeah. but if you're talking about, like, winning a national title, like, man, I don't know. I think Brian Kelly's going to have him right there. Ooh. Ooh. The talent's just too damn good there, man. Just it seriously hard. is.
0: Yeah. What game? One one other question. What game are you guys oh. excited to watch this weekend uh, besides the Cowboys?
2: Oh, I like that. Uh, for for me, Monday night, uh, yeah, getting a, getting a Manning cast in a playoff game with Rams and Cardinals. I mean, I feel like that's awesome. Hopefully, they pull out some big name guests and we can get that Zoom issue fixed. But that is for me. That is. I I'm a I'm not a fan if it's my team playing on Monday night on <laughs> Wild Card Week. <laughs> But I'll take uh, three days of playoffs all day yeah I'm in yeah I think
4: I, I yeah I mentioned this game last week too I think the Rams game is is probably I I think the best game of the uh, of this first uh, of this first round even better than Cowboys Forty ers for me. Uh, upset, yeah, that, upset
0: potential in any of these games? Maybe I, agree. Uh, I don't know. Patriots Bills could be interesting. Maybe Patriots pull that one out. <laughs> I don't think Raiders Bengals there would be any kind of upset if the Raiders won to beat the Bengals or the Bengals beat the Raiders. I think it's kind of a kind of a, a toss up. Uh, I don't see the Eagles beating the Bucks and I don't see the Steelers beating the Chiefs. But I um, maybe that that Patriots Bills game is going to be an interesting one to watch.
2: I actually kind of think the Cowboys Forty ers game on Sunday, uh, sandwiched between Eagles Bucks and Steelers Chiefs, is like saving Sunday because I think both of those. The early and the late game on Sunday, I think you're going to get nasty. Mm-hmm. I don't see the Steelers hanging in there with the Chiefs at all. I mean, Roethlisberger is pathetic. I mean, <laughs> it is garbage, dude. I mean, I'm talking looks
0: like my you know, dad what's, out that, there. what's that
2: tell you about Mason Rudolph? I mean, that is it's garbage, man. It's bad. Um, yeah, kind of see
3: so. How good yeah. do you? How how good do you feel about Jordan Love? Uh, sorry, good, I guess, I guess, not not I, guess <laughs> I guess that's not for another. Uh, he is not
2: the guy.
3: I guess that's for another podcast. Yes, I just saw. I watched him play a little bit over the weekend, and uh, it made me think of similar situations there in Pittsburgh and uh, in Green good. Bay. Um, not, not good. There's just a generation of of fans that think that like these good quarterbacks just grow on trees in some of these cities. Did, and it's like,
2: well, hold on, hold, I, hold on for I, a little bit. I know we're trying to do the picks and get out of here and move on with our day. I do this out there. I like, there's so much head coaching interviews happening and we know that, you know, Dane Quinn and Kellen Moore are involved in all these things. Uh, I thought the Brian Forrest thing was interesting. Although there was enough smoke there of him not getting along with the front office and there being some problems there. that makes sense. But I mean, I, I about started laughing. I saw that the Bears are uh, going to interview um, Doug Peterson, and I just started cracking up. I was like, okay, you guys are going to bring in another offensive guru from Kansas City and Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson's a goober, right? If they hire Doug Peterson, that's going to be incredible. You think, that's,
3: you think that's worse than uh, Bill O'Brien going to the Jags or Josh McDaniels, another Patriots guy going to Houston?
2: No, all, all those guys need to go away. I mean, I'm just saying teams, that uh, yeah, there's a lot of you.
3: situations like that. Um hey, I can't let the Jordan Love thing go real quick. Uh Cowboys play the Packers. Dak and Aaron Rodgers can't play who wins.
2: Cooper Rush versus Jordan Love?
3: Yeah. You can even say it's at Lambeau. I have oh, like no doubt the Cowboys close. are winning that game.
4: Yeah, no doubt. Just because I I, I think, you know, Devonte Adams, as good as he is, is. Oh, uh, I, I hate to yeah. do this because I don't have want fun running routes him. wide open. Devonte, yeah. have fun. Yeah, you're not you're not doing that with. You're for multiple reasons. The fact that the, the, that the defenses would be not even loading the box at all or anything, um, and, and they would, or they would be lo- loading the box and just focus on Devontae, I, I would take Cooper Rush in a heartbeat.
2: Yeah, Jordan Love. There are times where he'll make a good throw that makes you go, whoa, oh, wow. And that's yeah, that's thing. why he was a first-round pick. And it's like, that's the same thing he did in college, though, right? And then he... My biggest concern with him is he, do, he never looks confident. He still always looks scared. And I don't... You can't do that. Like, even if you're not... You just can't look like first-quarter uh, Stetson Bennett, you know? <laughs> you can't look like him in the first quarter. Like he dropped that ball in that first drive. I was like this guy's scared. Uh and then he He just it don't out. go
3: in the Ford field. It is a scary place.
2: Dude, you're right, especially when the backups are all in there. Uh, okay, let's do the picks here. Let's Cowboys go. 49ers 330. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Oh, he's going to get it out of the way.
3: I like the 49ers 24 oh. 21. I just oh. uh I don't think it's a great matchup for the Cowboys, (laughs) and I just think the 49ers are hot right now. If for me to pick the Cowboys, I would have to basically pretend like I didn't watch the last two months of football. Like, if I didn't watch the Cowboys for the last two months, and I only watched them up until the, I guess, bye week when Dak got hurt, I'd say Cowboys by 14. But because I have watched them these last couple months, and just how the 49ers are playing, I got to go Niners, 24-21.
4: Yeah, I think...
2: Go ahead, Saad.
4: I think uh, I think it's kind of interesting. I think we're getting to a point where, um, you know, throughout uh, until that point where John is mentioning earlier in the season, everyone was saying this year's Cowboys is different. And now the conversation is back to same old Cowboys. And it's just been interesting to also kind of – I think everyone was so sure that the Cowboys are going to play the Cardinals in the first round that when the 49ers thing actually happened, I, I think – the conversation is tilted a little more towards San Francisco than, uh, than I think might be fair. Um, I, I think it's a really bad matchup. It's a tough matchup. I don't think the Cowboys are necessarily um, outmatched uh, in, in a significant way. So I'll take the Cowboys. 27-23
3: hey side real quick on, on your point there that I think also factors in if San Francisco gets their doors blown off the way that game started against the, uh, the Rams I think there's also a different feel too but the fact that they came back and won that game they needed to win mm-hmm. that game the way they were playing with their backs against the wall like you just you really like that going into the playoffs that's what you want that's what that's what I thought the Cowboys were going to be doing and I'm sorry just running up on the backup Eagles just it doesn't do the same thing for me
2: no. Yeah. Uh, we always save Kent's pick for last. Um, so I'll, I'll go next. <laughs> I, I've thought about this a lot and pretty much the whole time I, I thought I might change as the week went on, but pretty much the whole time, this is how I felt. I have 49ers, 27 Cowboys, 24, which is the total of the over under 51 by the way. But I, 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 think right now, I think the 49ers are playing consistently better football than the Cowboys. And that's not just one game against the Rams. It's it, it's it's really what they've kind of strung together to end their year. I I just I thought they played when they played Tennessee and Tennessee's tough. Tennessee's tough even without Derrick Henry. Tennessee's a tough team you want to mess around with. And them hanging in there with them, uh, wiping out the Falcons, beating the Bengals. I mean they've done some things that are just like really impressive. I think that you know I just the Cowboys' offensive struggles have got me concerned on a level that hopefully their defense can o- overcome. And I I believe they can. And this truly does feel like a coin flip. Like the, the three-point line, I was actually surprised it wasn't like a two-and-a-half-point line. I thought it might be a little closer than three, honestly. Um, so, yeah, I'm doing 49ers 27-24. Little things are going to hurt you. What are little things? Missed kicks and penalties. You know, the turnovers can change everything here. Oh, the first the couple li-
3: series could change everything. If You tell me the Cowboys come out and they're rolling early on. Let's say they get an early seven. I mean, heck, if they get an early lead. They, they haven't lost a game this year when they have yeah. gotten the lead. But uh, if you told me, like, the, I think we're going to know a lot in the first couple of series. Let's put it
2: sure. Way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as little a thing as the crowd being nuts uh, could really help the Cowboys defense in the pass rush and getting in Jimmy Garoppolo's sure. face and things like that. So. And it
3: might be. It might be. It might be yeah. wild in there.
2: Yeah, so, yeah, but I'm still going 49ers, 27-24, just based on how they're playing right now. The uh, kit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I think the Cowboys defense comes out fired up. I think they get a few turnovers. I think Michael Parsons, Travon Diggs, those guys being out last week, they'll come out with fire. And I think I'm leaning Dallas on this one. So this one's for you, John. Cowboys 13, 49ers 11. Oh, my God. Yes. What an awful, what an awful game.
2: Do we have Scorigami?
0: Did you like the Colts putting up 11 last week for you, John? I think that they did that for you. Couldn't have done it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. I just
3: don't like to watch a game that ends with 13-11. That just sounds awful.
2: I can tell but you that It could be very
3: entertaining, though, too. So who knows?
2: Seahawks, 13, Broncos, 11 in 1983. Lions, 13, Eagles, 11 in 1986. Ooh. So, uh, just, Kent, there's just uh, two of them.
3: Kent, to get to your 13-11, it uh, sounds like we're going to have a few missed kicks. How many do you have
2: uh, total?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, there's been a lot of Zerline uh, talk in the past week, which I enjoy. I love the, <laughs> love the kicker talk. But... You know he's been basically fifty percent as, as a kicker, and but he's been almost a hundred percent in like game clinching situations. True. Uh, so I don't know. This is a this is a pressure situation. This playoff game. I feel like I feel like Zerline's gonna make up for for last week. He's at home. Uh, so I'm only going one missed kick, John. So Still are you saying things. like are we talking a potential eleven to ten game?
3: going into the final seconds and he just boots like a 55 yarder to win it
0: oh that would be that would be wonderful but uh no i think he misses like an extra point early in the game and and that's always what happens he misses a point early in the game when it's close and then the cowboys end up winning and everyone forgets about it and be like it, it didn't matter if you missed. Oh, i don't it. think anybody's won. forgetting about it <laughs> yeah well hopefully not
2: we got to Two, two hey, what do you picking, think about
0: Jerry saying, oh. uh, you know, talk about the kicker situation on the radio, being like, "There's not, not what else we can do when his when his guy Kai is sitting at home on his couch right now." Yeah, but isn't it kind of interesting that like nobody,
3: well, I shouldn't say nobody, but most are having kicking issues, and no one's kicked the tires on old Kai. Like, there's just something there that makes me wonder. Like, everybody needs kickers,
2: kicking out of the end zone.
3: Yeah, there's just something about it's, the it's whole a situation. Thing, yeah.
2: Yeah, this is just no. a
3: league that like, I just feel like if there's anybody out there, they would at least bring them in.
2: Well, I, don't I, I thought this week, and I think it was on a Zoom thing, right? So, um, I don't, I'm I'm sure you saw this, John, but I think it was Bobby Bell, I think, who asked the question to uh, Bones, just about you know, I think the question I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, so this is tough for me. I'm sorry, guys, but something to the extent of is there a point where the in-game results? You know, uh, become concerning enough to warrant a change or something like that. Yeah, of course. And then Bones looked pretty unprepared for the answer, uh, and Bones is basically saying, uh, "Well, it's a, it's a lot like uh, I think he talked about being a being in a slump or something if, if you're playing baseball or something, right? Or, or a three point shooter not like, like, yeah, not being." And I was like, "Wait, well, I don't understand. Like, he's in a slump. Like, this is not." This is a long slump, then, if he's in a slump. Like, yeah. he misses a kick a game. <laughs> like, also, I,
0: it's always funny when uh, Zerline misses a kick and Dan Bailey is trending on Twitter. I mean, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> yeah, why is he yeah. trending number eight in the world? What's going on? Oh, Zerline must have missed a kick again. <laughs> yep. I meanwhile, Bailey, Dan Bailey
2: went through all this in Minnesota. I, Dan Bailey yeah. was not good for them. Yeah.
3: I do think there comes a point where, you know that you're not going to get it back. I'm not. I don't think he's. I don't think he's at that level yet. I don't because to Kent's point, he has made some big kicks. It just there's too many easy ones that he's missed. I mean, because even when you look at the field goals, he's missed six field goals. Three of them are from 50 plus. I mean, I, I understand it's the NFL and a lot of these are indoor. You, you still need to make those, but dad, you can. Understand. It's the six missed extra points that that really concern you, uh, because those are those should be just gimmies. Now, I, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say gimmies. That that miss should that miss number should be half that at most. I think the issue, though, is you get to a point in the season where it's like, okay, what's out there? Are we can we make a move? And if we're going to make a move, we have to do it now because we're not doing it the day before our first playoff game. You know, like you get to a point where it's like, I feel like if they were going to do that, it was going to happen a week or two ago. You know, so.
2: No, you're right. You don't do that where this, one of the storylines going into the wild card game is where well, the Cowboys have a new kicker. Right. it's has uh, been on ice all year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, uh, I no, see. You're go- comfortable with the, what they got. His so name Sebastian
3: Janikowski. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: You know how this works, though? The Cowboys will lose and everyone's going to kill Jerry for what happened. And this is how this is how everything's going to work, you know? <laughs> Unless it's like, they lose in like a Romo fashion, you know, fumble on a snap or something mm. like that. Like, I, I, It's just, it's, it, look, it's how this goes. We cover this team long enough. You know the story here like there
3: is a lot riding on this game more than just advancing in the playoffs as far as i'm concerned because i agree it, it tells the whole story of the entire season if if you win this game you get to the next round at least they're you you keep the vibes going of they're headed in the right direction if they don't like just look at that like dan quinn's leaving for denver like i think kellen moore's probably still back but like you have all these good vibes and like Micah's rookie year and Trayvon Diggs with 11 yeah. uh, interceptions and all this great offense and all this, you know, number one in all these categories. And it's like, yeah, now you're just the same team that was every other like, year that's made the playoffs. Like there's no, like no one's going to look back on this team if they lose to San Francisco and go, no, I think this team was better than 2014 and 20 No, <laughs> no, you're not going to say that because it wasn't. You know, it, it really does come down to, to this game and, and it might even be more than that, but you have to at
0: least win this game. I'm. I'm just looking at the uh, extra point. Uh, and and granted, they did move the the chip shot field goal back a little bit after the after a touchdown.
3: Yeah, I have no problem with him missing two or three, but six and then he, late Dan in the year, Bailey like missed this, missed two who? in his yeah.
0: career in Dallas. Yeah, but that's
3: not extra the same. Point. That's not the same.
0: It's not the same, but it's he's just never puts it in perspective. Two in his
3: career after touchdowns. Yeah, that's not that's not even that's apples to. Uh, Steak. that's oranges,
2: I knew it was bad. But I just looked at the stat. I didn't Apples know it was that bad. Steak.
3: I mean, it's not even the same category.
2: Apples to steak. We'll use that one. All right. Well, look, we'll uh, we'll be talking to you uh, Sunday night. We'll uh, we'll uh, be in touch, John. You'll be live at AT and Stadium. I'm sure plenty of fans going to be out there. Don't sell your season tickets. Says the man who makes more than five million dollars a year. Um. But don't sell them to 49ers fans. Just give like, you know, sell them to Cowboys fans if you're going to sell them. Don't listen to me, though. Um, for Saad Yusuf, covering those Dallas Stars, who are back, baby. Hey, uh, real quick. That's genius.
3: That's what these, th- that's what they need to do. They need to make an option on those secondary ticket sites. Yeah. You you could, oh, do you want 175 for that ticket, but it's going to 49ers fan? Or you can get 135 and it goes to a Cowboys fan? I think a lot of fans would buy into that.
2: Yeah, all you got to do is upload a pic and prove that you're a Cowboys right. fan. Yeah,
3: or do something, you know. Gear. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like, it seems like it's possible.
2: It is possible. That's a
0: good <laughs> idea, John. Patent, right now, patent pending. Yes.
2: Okay, let's start a new ticket website. <laughs> I'm done um, with this, I'm done with this the, writing thing. I'll uh, see you guys. Fan ticks. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Everything sounds everything's the same. Only fan. <laughs> I think that, that's got a ring to it.
3: Father John I like Tubs. that. Do you think anybody's got
2: that? <laughs> uh, for side, you said for Father John Mashota for our producer Pete Garrison, I'm KT. Good luck, Cowboys. We're all pulling for you. Cowboys 49ers Sunday. We'll talk to you after the game about the Cowboys. I got to see those lips.